Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are back again with another week. We are on to week 10. Where is the season going? It is absolutely flying by. We're only a couple of weeks from the greatest week of the year of the Thanksgiving Day slate. Uh, you know, it's only a few more weeks away. But, you know, uh, before we get there, we'll get to week 10. And, you know, I think this week is going to be interesting. I think uh, there's a lot of good games here on this week's slate. And hopefully it's better than last week because, you know, uh, I don't think anybody saw the nine to six barn burner that was the Bills and Jags with the Jags losing, and you know all the other terrible games there were on that slate. So we're on to a new week. Maddie, back again as always, riding with me. How you doing today? Doing good, man. Uh, I agree. I, I, I kind of like this slate. Uh, I think that there's a handful of spots that I'm already dialed into, and, and that we can talk about. But um, just from a you know, pretty much a first look uh, here on Thursday at, at the slate. Uh, I think that, you know, there there's some spots to really like that, that stand out. Um, maybe kind of obvious from, you know, looking at Vegas totals and all that, but uh, we can we can definitely dive into it and, and kind of talk more in detail here. Yeah. So as always, uh, let's just go ahead and jump into it. We go position by position. And what we start off with the quarterbacks this week. and. You know, I think there's some, there's, there's some good options here on the, on here. Um, we got Kyler Murray. Not sure yet if he's going to play or not, but he's 8K. Uh, Josh Allen at 7,900 against the Jets. Tom Brady, 7,600. Justin Herbert, 7,300. Aaron Rodgers, who's likely going to get cleared from COVID in time to play Sunday at 7,100. Dak at 6,900. Russ should be back this week. Thank goodness at 6,700. Jalen Hurts at 6,500. Ryan Tannehill at 6,200. Kirk Cousins at 6,100, and Matt Ryan at 6K. To me, this week is pretty straightforward in terms of quarterbacks and the games that I want to target, but where do you come in? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be off the beaten path here too much. Uh, you know, up at the top, I, I, I'm, I'm out on Kyler Murray uh, this week, whether he plays or not. Uh, 8K for, for a guy with a bum ankle that's likely to not play. Uh, I think we can just go ahead and cross him off the list. Um, so that leaves for me Josh Allen, the highest price quarterback uh, that I'll have exposure to. Um, the the interesting note for me, looking at Josh Allen last year against the Jets, his two highest rushing yardage totals 
both came against the Jets. So, um, you know, last week we we picked out that that Joe Burrow's two highest passing attempt totals came against Cleveland uh, last year. This this go around this week, uh, Josh Allen, looking at his games last year, he threw for over 300 yards in both games against the Jets and ha- had uh, 57 and 61 rush yards against them, which were his two highest totals. So definitely worth, uh, you know, paying up for 7,900 for Josh Allen. I think this Bills offense uh, has a get right spot here against the Jets. Uh, they, they've, for whatever reason, the last couple of weeks, the, the dot, you know, Josh Allen's just not pushing the ball downfield as much as he was at the, at the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, I, I think at some point that's going to change and, and we're going to see an explosion of this bill's offense uh, eventually. So, you know, 7,900, probably at lower ownership. Uh, I do like him. Um, Tom Brady, 7,600, you know what you're getting from Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and this week it's easy to pick the wide receivers with him because we're, you know, there are a lot of injuries there in Tampa Bay. So, um, very easy to stack up Tom Brady against the pass funnel Washington defense that's been absolutely horrendous against the pass this year, but has been pretty good stopping the run. So I do like Tom Brady at 7,600. Uh, the Minnesota Chargers game is at the very top of my list in games to stack. We talked about last week uh, with the the Chargers and the Eagles, how the, those teams were ranked fourth and sixth in pace and why that was such a game to stack up. And that ended up being the game stack of the week. You know, if you played Herbert uh, and and Keenan Allen and, and those guys from that game, Devontae Smith, you know, you were probably near the top of the leaderboards with that stack. And, and it's more of the same this week um, with this Chargers-Minnesota matchup. The Chargers rank ninth now in, in pace of play in neutral situations, and Minnesota ranks fifth. So it's two teams that are going to play fast, continue to play fast, and two teams that play into each other's hand. Uh, Minnesota's been very bad at allowing uh, deep passing this year, and so I think we finally see Mike Williams uh, have a big game here when it's been uh, not the Mike Williams show over the last few weeks. Um, so I do like uh, this game. You know, We'll talk about the running backs, but, I mean, can't get a better matchup uh, for Dalvin Cook on the other side. So it, it really makes you uh, really like the Herbert side from the QB position in this game and then stacking up, you know, maybe Dalvin or one of the pass catchers from Minnesota. I don't really see myself getting to Kirk cousins. um, Even though that game is going to be a shootout, hopefully. Um, And then from there, it's really, really hard not to like the Dallas and Atlanta game as well. Uh, Those two games come in with totals of 53 and 54. Um, So, I mean, they're the highest, highest totals of the week. They're both going to play. Both games are going to play fast. Um, Dallas ranks first in situation neutral uh, pace, and then Atlanta ranks third. So you're looking at first and third for Dallas Atlanta, and you're looking at fifth and ninth for Minnesota LAC. Um, so it's two games, man, that, that I just think it, it's stupid to fade both of them. Um, I think you need pieces from both, and they're the two highest total games of the week for a reason. Um, and, and possibly big news that, you know, may go overlooked is the fact that Randy Gregory uh, got injured in practice today and is going to have be out for multiple weeks for the Cowboys defense. I mean, they're already without DeMarcus Lawrence and getting pressure on the quarterback has really helped that secondary to be, you know, kind of play better than, than what they should be playing. But without Randy Gregory getting pressure, um, I think quarterbacks on the other side can, can 
have the ability to sit in the pocket and and kind of pick apart this defense a little bit more than what we've been accustomed to this year. Um, and this Atlanta offense has been putting up points. I mean, they scored a bunch of points on New Orleans last week, and New Orleans has had a very good defense this year. So uh, I think that that game is going to have monster shootout potential um, and, and really, really like Dak Prescott here. Uh, and, and I think, you know, coming off of an absolute dud, against Denver last week. I mean, they had zero points until like eight minutes left in the game or something ridiculous. Uh, it was 30 to nothing. So uh, Dak Prescott was still in there in garbage time. Um, he's he's healthy enough that, that they were letting him play in thir- a 30 to zero game. So uh, I don't know why they were doing that, but um, I guess they felt like maybe after a couple of weeks off that he needed to continue to knock some rust off. But um, other than that, um, I really like that game, but the Green Bay-Seattle game I think is interesting as well. I'm not sure I'll get there with a full stack. Uh, I may just end up going with one-off pieces there because uh, you can generally get all of the Rodgers production with Adams and then all of the Russ production with one of Metcalf or Lockett. So that's probably going to be a one-off scenario for me. Um, curious to hear what your thoughts are on on that because Russ, I mean, Russ is pretty cheap. He's only uh, 6700 and I think that's the cheapest we've seen him in a while. Uh, so definitely curious on your thoughts on that game, if, if you think it's worth stacking up. Because, uh, I mean, it, it's not going to play at the same pace that these other games are. I mean, Seattle ranks 12th in, in neutral pace, and Green, Green Bay ranks 28th. So we know, I mean, we've seen it over the last couple, couple of weeks, Green Bay will slow down um, and play at a snail's pace to try to keep opposing offenses off the field. Um, so do you like that game? I mean, it's got a 49 total. Uh, do you think it's, it's a, a fully stackable game or, or you think, are you like more aligned with me where you think, you know, maybe you can just get these high dollar one-off pieces and, and feel like you're capturing most of the offense? I mean, I think it depends on, uh, how many lineups you're entering. And, you know, I think if you know, you're looking at single entry and, you know, and three entry max stuff, stuff like that, I don't think you have to get there. Um, I think you could, but you know, I think in larger field stuff, you know, I, I don't mind taking a shot on Russ. I mean, this is the cheapest he's been all year. I mean, he's been above 7K in every in the five games that he had played uh, up to this point. So, I mean, this is the cheapest we've seen him. Twice he was at 7K, and so I, I'm not really all that concerned with the with the. I don't think a lot of people were going to play Russ because of the injury and stuff like that. You know, you know. So typically, I, I think people are going to wait, but I mean. Th- it's hard not to have some interest in an Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson type game. I mean, this, this game environment could end up sh- really shooting out and really going over that big time. And so I will probably have, uh, you know, a couple of stacks here and there of Russ um, or, or Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't mind either one of them, uh, but I prefer some of the other games, I think a little bit more. Um, I definitely agree. I absolutely love Justin Herbert at 7,300. He is so boomer bust. Um, you know, he has multiple games this year of, you know, 25, 30 DK points. And then he has some that are at, you know, 12, 13, like he's very boomer bust. And, you know, if you, but he can absolutely bury you if you're not on the right side uh, of where he's at. And this is not really a matchup uh, against Minnesota that I'm all that concerned with. I know if you kind of look at some of the numbers, you know, it looks like Minnesota has been decent against the fast this year, but it's not really the case. If you look at some of the matchups they've had, they didn't really need to throw the ball in that game. And, you know, they've been able to hold teams like, you know, the Lions and stuff like that. And so it's kind of brought down their 
their numbers. They've allowed over 300 passing yards, I think, three times this year. Um, you know, to, you know, obviously good quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray almost got there as well. So I'm not all that concerned, uh, you know, with targeting them with Justin Herbert. It looks like Keenan Allen is now, you know, the main target there. Once again, where it was kind of looked like earlier in the year, it was Mike Williams, which is weird what they've done with Mike Williams. Because uh, it's almost like they like to start the year they were they were putting him everywhere. He was running uh, really a refined route tree. Now he's not like he's back to just being the go route guy, the deep threat, and that's it. And I don't really understand why they're doing it, but that's what they're doing, and you know allowing Keenan Allen to eat underneath. And so it, you know I pairing him with Keenan Allen is definitely the move. I've actually you know ran that sack uh, for multiple weeks in a row, and I had, I had a lot of Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen last week. But so I, I am I am with you there. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, I agree with all the other quarterbacks you mentioned, uh, I'm absolutely going to have some Dak Prescott. There's no way I'm not going to, uh, you know, have some exposure to this uh, Dallas Atlanta game. This game could absolutely go nuts, but talking about some other guys that I think that are, you know, under six uh, K I like Carson Wentz against Jacksonville. I know, you know, what Jacksonville's did to uh, Buffalo. I don't expect it to happen again. Um, and Carson Wentz has been playing uh, fantastic over the last, uh, you know, five or six weeks. If you really look at him, he's had two or more touchdowns in six straight weeks. And so, you know, he's, he's getting there with that. Uh, you know, he's had a, a little bit of rushing production as well, started to come alive a little bit. So I don't mind targeting Carson Wentz where people probably aren't really going to play him because of all the other options that are above him. He's 5,900. And then a couple other guys that I kind of want your, your, your opinion on, because I think they're, they're both viable. One is Taylor Heineke. If you look at Taylor Heineke, you know, in this matchup, they're going to have to throw the ball because, you know, they're playing Tampa Bay, uh, you know, teams uh, are forced to throw it. He has a decent little ceiling. I mean, we've seen it multiple times this year. He has 24, 23, 27, 22. Like, it's not necessarily elite production, but uh, I think that at 5,400, you know, if you want to stack him with, uh, you know, uh, Terry McLaurin, I think you could do that. And then, you know, and I think that's a way to get a little bit different this week of playing somebody like him. And he does have the ability to use his legs as well. Like, he's not just a, uh, you know, a pocket passer. He is somebody that has a little bit of upside. He had the game earlier in the year where he had 95 rushing yards. Um, currently on the season, he's ninth in carries. He's also uh, sixth in rushing yards with 232. He has one rushing touchdown. So he has a little bit of upside there as well. So I don't mind him. And then... I think Teddy Bridgewater is also interesting against Philadelphia uh, and also another defense you can really pass the ball against. Uh, he is only 5,500, having kind of a big bounce back spot, uh, you know, this past week. But, I mean, he's also kind of the same boat where he's had multiple games this year of over 20 DK points, and he's only 5,500. Do you have any interest in either one of those guys? Or is that just too thin for you? Uh, I think Heineke's on the on the thin side for me because I think if Heineke's going to smash – uh, then that means McLaurin's going to smash and and nobody else really is. So I'd rather just play Terry and get my Heineke exposure that way and play Brady on the other side. Uh, because, because they I should mean, get – because it's looking like they're going to get Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel back. So this will be kind of the first time he'll have all of his weapons. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. If I was running 20 teams, I'd say, you know, maybe maybe run one, one team with that. But um, – you know, being three like more of a three entry max, I think that's just going to be too thin for me. Um, I do like Teddy though. Uh, I played him last week. Uh, it didn't work out because I mean Dallas didn't really put up points on the other side, so they just ran the ball the entire game. I mean, 
Javante Williams set his uh, career high in, in in touches last week with zero receptions. If that tells you anything on on how game flow went for Denver. Um, but yeah, I mean Teddy's been rock solid all year long. Like he's been a very very you know solid production fantasy production for cheap price tag. Um, you know he's he, he's got that twenty to twenty five point upside, especially if this game shoots out shoots out a little bit. Which I mean the Denver defense hasn't been great this year. Um, I'm chalking up last week as a fluke against Dallas. You, you know, I, I don't think this Denver D is just going to sit here and, and continue to shut out, you know, good offenses. And um, I mean, we've, we've seen this Philly offense, you know, they've been hit or miss um, with a lot of late production in games, but some garbage time, but I mean, Jalen hurts, you know, they, they showed some life last week, uh, you know, in that game against the chargers. So um yeah, I mean, I don't hate Teddy at all. I, I I thought he's, I think he's been a very interesting play all year so far. And I mean, um, my, I guess my my only concern is you can run all over Philly. Uh, they're one of the worst uh, run defenses in the NFL. So if the Broncos want to just commit to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams all all game long, they definitely have the ability to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that game is definitely definitely interesting. What's the total on that game? That game is a 45 and a half, which is interesting. You would think it would be a little bit higher than that. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not like great either. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's better spots. I mean, it is one of the really lower totals on the slate. Yeah. I think just looking at the slate, like I'd rather get exposure. I'd rather game stack Dallas Atlanta. I'd rather just mega stack Tampa Bay, mega stack Buffalo, uh, mega stack Indy against Jacksonville. LAC Minnesota, I'd rather game stack that. Um, Green Bay Seattle, I'd rather game stack that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think there's you know six or seven other better spots than that Denver Philly game, um, especially with, like I said, the Broncos. If they want to just run the ball the entire game, they probably can, uh, because Philly just plays you know too high shell and, and just lets you run and keep everything underneath and, and prevents deep plays. So it would have to be more of a volume game for Teddy. And I just don't know that that's going to get there. Yeah. Um, I, I personally, I think that, um, cause I'm just, I've just, I've seen a lot of people uh, around the community talk about, you know, Teddy Bridgewater being a viable and I, I don't hate him, but I think I would rather just get some pieces from this game rather than uh, full on stacking this game. I agree. So anyways, uh, other than that, do you have any other quarterbacks you want to hit on or do you want to jump over to running backs? Nope. Uh, I, I'm glad you brought up Wentz. I, I definitely think that in the offense uh, is interesting, especially because Jacksonville has been a pass funnel uh, this year. Um, so definitely, definitely on, on board with a Wentz, Wentz stack as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump over to the running back position. Um, kind of a lot, a lot of interesting spots. Christian McCaffrey uh, made it through last week unhinged. Uh, and obviously it was not his best performance we've ever seen. And, uh, but yeah, he's still, I mean, what is it like 14 and a half DK points? I had a lot of exposure to Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to have a lot of exposure again this week. He's only 8,400. Um, he could easily outdo that. And then you have Alvin Kamara, who's 8,200. You have Jonathan Taylor, who's 8,100. Uh, Dalvin Cook, who's 8, 8K. Najee Harris, who's 7,900 against Detroit. Uh, that he's going to be chalky as all get out. With rightfully so, Austin Eckler at 7,600, Nick Chubb, who is 7,400, who is on the COVID protocol, 
We'll have to see if he can clear. He is vaccinated. He can, uh, with two negative tests in 24 hours, be cleared. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, they spoke today that they're going to try to do whatever they can to get him back if possible for this game. If not, it would be Dearness Johnson. And then from there, you have Zeke at 7K, Aaron Jones at 6,900, DeAndre Swift at 6,800, CPAT at 6,600, James Conner, 6,300 without Chase Edmonds, James Robinson at 6,200, Leonard Fournette at 6,100, and Damian Harris at 5,900. So running back this week, I think it's actually really an interesting week for running backs because I think there's a lot of different directions you can go here. Uh, a lot of these guys are kind of bunched up. There's no, you know, 10K Christian McCaffrey or anything like that. So are you one? Are, are you all in on Christian McCaffrey again this week? Or are you looking to go somewhere else like an Alvin Kamara or Jonathan Taylor? I think I'm just going to go back all in. Um, I mean, we we paid 8K for him last week and we got 19 opportunities. Like if you're going to get 19 Christian McCaffrey opportunities at 8K, you're going to like that. Yes, please. Um, Cause I mean, usually you pay 10 K for 30, right. Uh, with, you know, 10 of those being targets. Um, I mean, only, only being 8,400 against Arizona without, you know, possibly Kyler Murray and all those guys on the Arizona side. I mean, I guess the concern is, do we know if P.J. Walker is just going to dump it off over and over again to McCaffrey? But, I mean, he has to, right? They, they don't have – that offense has been so abysmal trying to get the ball down the field. Like, they're going to feature McCaffrey, and it's going to just be more of design plays as opposed to just dumping it off like like Sam Darnold would. So, um, yeah, I, I think you have to have interest in McCaffrey, uh, you know, at, as the highest-priced guy on the slate. And, and it, I mean – I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to play him, um, and and just like I said, not not really overthink it. Um, I mean, there are other guys up there, uh, like you mentioned. There's a ton of guys at the top that you know make you kind of hesitate to click that button at 8400 on CMC, and, and one of them's Dalvin Cook at at AK uh, against the Chargers. I mean, we talked about that game. We've always talked about uh, how LAC is one of the best rushing matchups in the NFL. Uh, 29th in adjusted line yards, 26th in second level yards, 21st in open field yards. So definitely a great spot for Dalvin. It's a team that wants to commit to the run. Um, you know, and Dalvin's got a lot of, you know, off field uh, things going on right now. And, and you know, that can bring out a, a lot of, you know, energy, you know, focus energy that you exert uh, into the game. You run, maybe he runs a little bit harder. I don't, I don't know. Um I think that they're just going to heavily feature Dalvin in this game because the matchup calls for it and, and it's a good spot for him. So uh, Dalvin Cook at 8K is very interesting. You mentioned Najee Harris. I mean, he's been one of the best PPR running backs in the in the league this year um, in terms of fantasy production. Uh, very hard to not like him at Detroit against Detroit, despite that $7,900 price tag. Um, Austin Eckler in that same game that we just talked about, Minnesota and LAC being very high paced. Um, Austin Eckler has been a great running back all year long, only 7,600. Uh, Zeke, I think is interesting. Uh, he got a little bit banged up in that last game and, and didn't really need to play much because they were losing 30 to zero. Uh, and that's a matchup, you know, against Atlanta, uh, Atlanta's 19th in adjusted line yards and six, 16th and second level yards. So maybe if you're run, not running a DAC team and, and you want exposure to Dallas, uh, I definitely think Zeke is, is interesting. Uh, despite him sharing the backfield with Tony Pollard. I mean, just 
you know, week eight and, and week six, he had six and nine targets. So if that game does turn into a shootout, there is potential, you know, for him to see, it, you know, more than a handful of targets in, in this game. So uh, definitely like him. I mean, even Aaron Jones is interesting against Seattle uh, in, in a game that could potentially shoot out. Uh, he's under 7K, I think, for the first time. Uh, pretty much this, it's like the second time all year. Uh, so, so definitely have interest in Aaron Jones. Um, we talked about that Atlanta Dallas game. I mean, CPAT 6,400. Uh, I mean, this guy is just going to continue to be one of the heavily utilized pieces in that offense, especially with Calvin Ridley no longer there. Um, so I definitely like CPAT, uh, James Conner. What, what, like, what do we do with James Conner? You know, the matchup's not great against Carolina, but I mean, we saw last week that he's going to get probably, you know, 65 to 70% of the touches as opposed to when Chase Edmonds was there, he was only getting 45%. Um, you know, Eno Benjamin is going to get a little bit of run, but I mean, Chase Connor's still going to get the, the bulk of the touches here. Um, Michael Carter, he's 5,600. He gets Mike White back this week. Uh, and he had 23 targets in two games with Mike White. Uh, so 5,600 for a guy that could see, you know, 12 targets at the running back position uh, is very, very intriguing. Um, and then outside of that, uh, if we get no Nick Chubb, you just go ahead and lock button Dearness Johnson at 4,700. Um, I mean, he's gonna, he's pretty much gonna play every snap at running back for them, like we saw a couple weeks ago when they were without Chubb and Hunt. So, uh, definitely like Dearness as a lock play if we get the news that Nick Chubb is going to miss. So, and I think there's, uh, well, there's obviously another situation we're gonna have to monitor. Alvin Kamara has did has not practiced so far this week. He's dealing with an injury, so if he were to miss, then that that probably leads you towards uh, Mark Ingram, who's only forty five hundred. So that would be another value play that opens up. I I'm wish it would sure. be Tony Jones. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. It's not. <laughs> yeah, well, and then so we also it's not even just that we also have, um, we have uh, Damian Harris. Who we'll have to monitor him as well. Uh, he wasn't at practice today. He's dealing with a concussion. So if he hasn't cleared yet, um, I mean, we and we or uh, Ramondre Stevenson, we could be staring at, at Brandon Bolden, who's a starting running back. Uh, who only, he's only forty five hundred. Uh, so we we have some uh, uh, quite a few little um, different value plays pockets that I think that that we could be looking at too, or maybe you pay up for one and uh, pay down at another spot because I think there's multiple different options here. Um, for me, in terms of the top guys, I mean, Najee Harris is absolute, and I know he's going to be chalk, and I'm just going to get – I'm going to be uh, above the field on Najee Harris and one of the best matchups you possibly can get for all running backs. Um, the Jets are just absolutely terrible against uh, against running – or excuse me, the, the Lions are absolutely terrible um, against running backs on the season. Uh, they've allowed 16 total touchdowns to running backs. Uh, they've allowed the second most DK points on the slate. And – Listen, I mean, this is a, a game where uh, unless unless the Lions can push them and make that make this a competitive game, the Steelers are just going to run it run it right down their throat, right? And they're going to use Najee Harris. And so, the fact that Najee Harris uh, is still only seventy nine hundred, I think that's still too cheap for him. He should be in the upper eight K range, in my opinion, because of his incredible usage that he gets. Um, so he is uh, a definite for me. The other one is Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely love him against Jacksonville. 
he has really just been a monster uh, over the really like the last six or seven weeks of the season. Last week, he was the number two overall scoring. He has been, let me put it this way, he has been uh, a top seven running back every week since week five. So he has been as consistent as they come. His ceiling is incredible. And he's still, to me, 8,100 still isn't all that all that bad to, to ask for considering the upside that he brings. Sorry, I got sidetracked by by Russ or by Albert Wilson. <laughs> Love it, good old Bert. Anyways, so uh, so so Jonathan Taylor, I I, lo- I love both of them. Uh, I I definitely agree on the Dalvin Cook call. So I you know really got to make a decision here between Najee Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor, and I like all these guys are in great spots because I think it's going to lower their ownership a little bit. They're going to they're going to cannibalize each other. Um, in terms of paying the guys we're paying up for. And then that brings me over 100% agree on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to have no ownership whatsoever. He's coming off a terrible game. He's been very hit or miss this year, but at only 6,900 against Seattle, I'm not worried about that with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers back. So I do like Aaron Jones. Now, James Conner is going to be interesting because I think he's also going to be heavily chalky this week at 6,300. But it's going to be tough not to ha- at least have some interest in him against you know against Carolina without Edmond last week. He played seventy six percent of the snaps. He carried the ball twenty one times for ninety six yards. He also was targeted five times for seventy seven yards and three touchdowns, which is a big boost co- considering where he was before. You know, with Chase Edmonds active, he was seeing for only a three point seven percent target share. Now, uh, you know, he, he comes in and I think he got almost twenty percent uh, of the tar- uh, target share. In his absence. Now, you know, Benjamin is there. You mentioned him. But James Conner is likely going to uh, carry most of the the rock here. And it's a matchup against Carolina. Now, I will say this. I think if you are just looking at the base level stuff, because Carolina's uh, run defense has been good this year. They have allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points or DK points to running backs. But they have really started to slip over the last four weeks. And if you dig a little bit deeper, uh, they've allowed the 10th most rushing yards uh over the last four weeks, at, uh, right around 126 per game. So I do think James Conner, who's going to see all, all of the look, I don't mind going. Uh, I don't mind going there, but just know that he is going to be pretty chalky. And I think there's some directions we could go to get off that chalk, um, because I do think uh, Cordero Patterson, the, the 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 Falcons have finally been smart, and it's like they finally figured out a team has finally figured out how to use this guy. Because he is so dynamic in so many different ways. Now he's not a guy who's got to get fifteen, you know, sixteen carries, but he's got to get you know eight to ten carries. But he's just going to be heavily utilized as a pass catcher. And without Calvin Ridley, all they have is Kyle Pitts uh, to throw the ball to. They're utilizing him in that way, which makes him, uh, you know, that sixty six hundred dollar price tag not that crazy uh, to pay up for. Which I will say this has been one of the hardest things for me to kind of let go of this year because every week it's like, I mean, I'm not paying that much for Cordero Patterson. I'm not playing Cordero Patterson, but he just continues to produce. And sometimes you just got to let go of your priors and just, you know, you know, understand that this is where this guy's at. And so I had his price tag with the, with the, uh, with the um, touches that he sees, it's hard not to like him. I want to talk about Antonio Gibson. I have interest in Antonio Gibson at 5,500. That is an extremely pri- a cheap price tag for him. Now, I get it. He has not been the guy that we all wanted him to be this year. 
However, he's still getting about 60, 67 or 60, almost 60% of the opportunities in this backfield, seeing about 16 touches in this backfield. And he's actually been rather efficient with the touches that he's been given. He has a 36.7% juke rate, which is 13th among all running backs. And he is uh, 15th in yards created on the season and 27th in yards created per touch. Now, again, much like the James Conner situation, I look at Antonio Gibson and first things first, you see, oh man, they're playing the Bucks run defense. The Bucks run defense is great, right? But again, if you dig a little bit deeper, they've allowed over 100 rushing yards at three straight games prior to their bye. They've allowed the ninth most rushing yards oh, at a clip of 131 per game uh, over the last four weeks. So the, their their run defense has has started to crack a little bit. And Dominican Sue, I think if he's out, that's going to be a big problem for that run defense again. And so Antonio Gibson, they're only 5,500. He's going to have no ownership. Nobody's going to want to play him. I kind of had some interest there as a little bit of leverage off some of these guys in that 6K range and some of these other guys that are going to be a little bit below him. At only 5,500, I like targeting Antonio Gibson. Yeah, my, my counter argument to that is he's only ex- exceeded three targets in a game once this year. Right, despite- and so if, if this game gets yeah. out of control, then, you know, it's going to be the game. Much out. Yeah. yeah, which would be the only concern with that. That, that would be the one thing right. you mentioned. But, you know, if you like this game can at least stay uh, close, then I think then Antonio Gibson become, becomes interesting. Yeah, I mean, at fifty five hundred, I mean, he's got he's explosive enough that he can pretty much house it from anywhere on the field, right? So, like you said, he's been efficient with his touches. I mean, what was it? The one game, I don't even remember what team they were playing, but but he he housed one of his receptions for like 75, 70 yards and a touchdown, <laughs> yeah. and and got there, got over twenty points, pretty much all on one play. So, I mean, that's what you get when you play him. Um, I mean, he's not gonna it's not going to run 25 times for 125 yards. You're going to need that that one explosive play for a long touchdown for him to get there. But, I mean, you know that going into playing him. Uh, that, that That's what you need and, and what you're looking for. So, I mean, I, I don't hate it. And then other than that, um, at the running back position, um, you know, like, like we already mentioned with some of these cheap guys, uh, if Zach Moss is ruled out, I don't mind Devin Singletary at 4,700 because the Jets – you know, we we talked about the the Jag or uh, the Lions, excuse me, being uh, a terrible run defense. Well, they don't have nothing on the Jets. The Jets allow forty point six DK points a game. The next closest is the Lions, but that's at thirty one point two. They allow almost nine DK points more per game than the next the next closest. The problem is, are the how much how many opportunities are they going to really see right with this Jets uh, for? Or how because we know that the Bills aren't really going to uh, run the ball, right? That's not what they do. I'm going to say this though. One thing that I've kind of noticed with the Bills that's been interesting is that teams have kind of adapted the same the same idea of of two high safeties limiting everything, not allowing them to do what they want to do. Much like the Chiefs have, have seen, right? And which is which is why we've seen Cole Beasley really go off every uh, you know the last couple of weeks. Stefan Diggs really hasn't had, you know, a, a monster Stefan Diggs type game. We haven't seen, you know, even Emmanuel Sanders has been limited because teams are starting to adapt to this stuff and not allowing these offenses to do some of these things. And so but the question is, much like the Chiefs, will they adapt and choose to run the ball, which they they have the opportunity to. The problem is is that they have Josh Allen who will just run the ball himself. And so I don't mind Devin Singletary at his price because he uh, is 
as long as Zach Moss is out because he's only um, $4,700 in a matchup against the Jets. So I don't mind getting to him either. But, you know, when you have Dearness Johnson, if Nick Chubb is out at the same price, I, I you know, I think it's going to be hard not to get to him. Yeah, and if uh, if we get Chubb out and Moss out, the, the chalk bill is going to be just play Singletary and, and Dearness and pay up for all the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Um, and you can be very different paying up and running back at that point. Um, and, and, you know, maybe fading one of or both of those guys. Because, uh, I mean, I just put – while you were talking, I pulled up the running back project, uh, projected ownerships that we have early in the week. Um, or not we, but that that I have access to early in the week. And uh, Christian McCaffrey checks it at 4%. Uh, so it's like everybody wants to play, like you said, uh, James Connors up there at the top, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, James Conner. Um, all those guys are, are checking in as the highest, most popular guys. And then Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey are kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. So especially if we get the Chubb news and then um, if Zach Moss were to be out, those guys' ownership takes another hit because everybody's going to play the cheap running backs and they're not going to get up to these high-priced running backs. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know that news can make a – pretty obvious contrarian tournament build just from a macro perspective on roster construction. Yeah. And I, I think some of that could end up being a trap. Cause like we mentioned, I don't mind Devin Singletary, but you know, we're still talking about a bills team that just doesn't want to run the football. And you also have Josh Allen, who's got to run the football. And so it does make it a little bit of a thin play uh, on this slate. And then with Dearness Johnson, I mean, yes, he had the one uh, really big game that he had earlier in the year where he, where he got the start. And uh, kind of exploded. He's probably going to be the only guy there. And at 4,700, I'm not saying that I'm going to fade him completely because you're going to have to have some, I, I feel like. But if you want to be contrarian and go underweight on it, I don't hate it either because there's a lot of really good running back plays to pay up for this week. And so. I think, dude, I, dude, I think I like Josh Allen more if if Moss sits as opposed to Singletary because, I mean, Allen becomes the goal line back even more so, right? Um and they're not going to give Singletary 20 touches. Like, they're just not. Allen will, Allen will just throw more, and he'll get more high-value touches near the goal line, I would assume. Yeah. So, anyways, um, other than that, I don't really have um, – I think – I guess a few other guys. I do think Javante Williams at 5K. I, I have interest in Javante Williams every week because he's so damn efficient with his touches, and he can rip off a couple touchdowns. Uh, he's involved as a pass catcher as well. So he is obviously capped in terms of that because of Melvin Gordon's uh, involvement in the offense, but he's still only 5K, so it's not egregious. And, you know, like we've mentioned, Philly's run defense is nothing to be afraid of. And so at 5K, don't really mind him either um, at that price tag and, you know, at a home matchup as well. So I don't mind him either. But do you have any other running backs you want to hit on or do you want to jump over to wide receiver? No, I think we pretty much touched on the majority of the guys that are uh, in contention this week. All right, so a wide receiver, we have, uh, you know, no Devontae. I mean, you know, Devontae Adams before uh, COVID, I mean, he was at almost 8,900. I mean, he was super expensive. Now he's only 7,900 um, this week, which is a pretty big discount. Then you have uh, A.J. Brown at 7,800, Justin Jefferson at 7,700, Terry McLaurin at 7,600, Stephon Diggs at 7,500, Chris Godwin, which we're not sure if he's going to play with a foot injury, uh, at 7,100. Uh, CD Lamb at 7K, Keenan Allen at 7K, Mike Evans at 6,900, 
Deontay Johnson at 6,800, which is just incredibly too cheap, especially with what it sounds like no Chase Claypool this week. So it's, you know, if he was already seeing a ton of targets before without Chase Claypool, he is just going to be absolutely peppered with targets. And then you have DK Metcalf at 6,800, Adam Thielen at 6,700, DeAndre Hopkins at 6,700, which is uh, really cheap as well. Mike Williams at 6,600, Tyler Lockett at 6,500, Claypool, like I mentioned, at 6,400, Michael Pittman at only 6,300. I'll talk about that. I, I have no fucking idea why he's still only $6,300. That is a misprice for somebody who has been as dominant as he has been over the last, what, month of the season. Um, I mean, you look at his production, 17.4, 30.6, 22.5. He had the 5.8, and then 20, 20.9. I mean, the guy has been on a run, and he's still only $6,300. Like, all right. Sounds good with that. And then DJ Moore, 6,300. Uh, Amari Cooper, 6,200. Antonio Brown, we'll have to see with. It sounded like he was in a walking boot, that he wasn't going to uh, at all. Then all of a sudden, the next day, they said he shed it. But he still hasn't practiced. He was a non-participant today. So I don't know if he plays or not. I would lean towards no. But he's only 6,100. And then Devontae Smith is only 5,900. So wide receiver, I think, is pretty interesting this week with some of these builds. Um, I have some guys that I will hit on. But who do you like this week? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much touched on a good chunk of, of the guys up top, and, and I won't really dive in a lot on, you know, many of these guys because, I mean, they're they're good plays for, for very, like, for obvious reasons, right? Like, they're the alphas on their teams. Like, I don't need to tell you to play Mike Evans uh, <laughs> with possibly no Chris Godwin against Washington. Um, but I will say, go you know, going kind of down to the cheaper range, I will not have a roster without Tyler Johnson on it this week, most likely. Um, I mean, he's 30, what, 3,300, 3,500, something like that. Uh, 3,300 against Washington. And he saw six targets last week. Uh, Gronk's banged up. Godwin's probably not going to play. No AB. Uh, he's, he is pretty much going to be the number two uh, guy in this offense behind only Mike Evans this week. Uh, 3,300 for a guy catching passes in that kind of role. Who's actually talented. Like Tyler Johnson is a talented wide receiver. He's just been stuck behind these really other really good wide receivers on Tampa Bay. So, um, catching a guy with that talent, catching passes from Tom Brady at that price, I think is, uh, pretty much in contention for lock button for me. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, you know, I'm going to try to get, all my exposure from those games that we talked about, like Minnesota, LAC, uh, Indy, I think Pittman's too cheap. I agree. I totally agree with your analysis there. Uh, the Dallas Atlanta game, uh, Amari Cooper, why is he $6,200 against Atlanta? That's, that's a misprice. I mean, he was 5,700 last week and everybody played him and he caught, you know, he caught two passes for almost 40 yards on like the first drive and then didn't catch another ball for the pretty much the rest of the game. So um, 6,200 is way too cheap for a guy that can score 35 points uh, on any given week. He's boomer bust, but I mean, that's what you, you know, you're, you're getting out of him when you play him. Um, <clears throat> both Lockett and, and Metcalf, they get the, the Russell Wilson bump this week, but their prices don't really ref reflect it uh, as they're both below 7k. So both of those guys are definitely interesting, and, and they come from one of the games that we talked about, you know, wanting to have heavy exposure to. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the Pittsburgh situation yet if Claypool's out. 
Uh, I'm not really sure how many more targets Deontay Johnson can get. I mean, he's already getting, you know, pretty much almost 15 a game uh, with Claypool. So I, I don't see that getting a big bump to 20. And and Claypool really hasn't been commanding a ton of targets on a weekly basis. Uh, I mean, you're looking at five, five, seven, and six uh, over his last four games. So, I mean, those are going to be pretty much spread out across James Washington and the Muth is Luth, uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, and they've been running, you know, a bunch of multiple tight end sets uh, as well. Like Zach Gentry has been getting on the field, whoever that guy is. Uh, you know, the I think I just think Pittsburgh is going to do some weird things, um, and, and I'm not as confident that you know I can project a a notable boost to Deontay Johnson. And I mean. At 6,800, for a guy who's never exceeded 29 DraftKings points in a game, uh, that price honestly feels a little steep to me when you have Mike Evans, who we know can go for you know 35 fantasy points uh, on any given week because he's got 100 yard and multiple touchdown upside. CeeDee Lamb is right there. Keenan Allen's right there. Stephon Diggs is is only 700 more, and we haven't seen him explode yet, but we we know that he's got over 40 upside uh, in him, which he, he scored last year uh, in a game. So, I mean, outside of that, like I said, I'm just going to get a lot of my exposure to these games that we talked about at the quarterback position, and then I will have uh, a ton of Tyler Johnson exposure as well. Um, are there any other cheap guys that you're on? I guess I guess Jamal Agnew is one worth, uh, is one worth mentioning as well. I mean, five, 12, six, and seven targets over the last four, uh, playing against Indy, likely trailing. Um, Indy's better, better run defense than they are pass defense. Uh, I, I think he's definitely in the conversation, but is there anybody else that you have circled as, as somebody that I'm missing that's, you know, standing out a ton to you? Well, okay. So I, I think that for me, one with the with the with the Deontay Johnson call, it's one the the insane amount of targets that he sees. I mean, he's almost a lock almost every week to see double digit targets, and so it's hard to shy away from that. And he's kind of changed a little bit this year. Where last year he was very much a short intermediate guy, right? Very low a dot was never really getting any deep targets. That's changed this year. He's actually top fifteen in deep targets this year. And they've hit on some of those. Um, so uh, with that being said, and now you don't have Chase Claypool, who's another field stretcher out there. I mean, I think then you, you see even more of that with Deontay Johnson. He's shown the ability to, to be able to do that. So I think he can hit the ceiling a little bit easier, and especially with the amount of targets that he's seeing. I mean, he's going to be really the only guy. But if Chase Claypool is out, I also think that somebody you could look at somebody like James Washington, who – uh, is, is probably going to be the number two wide receiver in that offense. So I, I think he would be in play as well. And, I mean, if you're looking at him, I mean, he's only 3,500 on DraftKings. And so he would be somebody that I think that you could uh, pay down for in, in a spot there. But a few guys that I that I do want to hit on this week that I think that are interesting at wide receiver, um, one uh, is Julio Jones. He was limited today, but it sounds like it was more of a maintenance day because he wasn't on the injury report at all yesterday on Wednesday. Um, but we kind of saw uh, him be a little bit more involved uh, uh, last week uh, coming back into this offense. But on the season, 
He only has a 17.4% target share, but a lot of that is because of when Derrick Henry was healthy and him being able to kind of uh, them not really needing to throw the ball. That's not the case anymore. Now, the only worry would be is New Orleans, are they really going to push them enough to make them really have to throw the ball a ton? But um, he does have have 27.7% market share of the air yards, and he still is a guy who who could get it done. He has a 16.0 yards per reception, which is 12th most among all wide receivers. He's sixth in yards per target and has a 2.47 yards per outrun, which is 13th among all wide receivers. And the Saints also allow the third most receiving yards to wide receivers. And he's probably going to see Marshawn Lattimore, which is a good thing because Marshawn Lattimore has been fucking terrible this year. Like, absolutely dog shit. And he has allowed 26 receptions for 522 yards and five touchdowns on the year with 121.9 passer rating and is allowing almost 16 fantasy points per game, which is terrible if you didn't know. So... I like Julio Jones at his price tag. I think that this could be a really big bounce back spot for uh, for Julio, which obviously I still love A.J. Brown as well. But if you want to pay down and get some leverage off of A.J. Brown, because I think A.J. Brown is going to be popular, I like Julio Jones, and he's going to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, who, which I've said is just terrible this year. And so from there, I like Devontae Smith. We talked about him. You know, If you want to do a one-off with him, uh, everything's kind of aligned. And him going off last week really wasn't all that surprising. Right. Uh, because he he's really just been unlucky. He had three like three touchdowns that were called back to penalties. But he gets a good matchup. He's likely going to see a lot of uh, Ronald Darby, he, who's allowed 18 receptions for 282 yards and one touchdown and 15.7 yards per reception allowed uh, one touchdown with 102.4 passer rating uh, this year. And he's been targeted 19 percent of the time. But uh, Devontae Smith has 41.3 market share of the air yards, which is sixth most among all wide receivers. He's 11th in total air yards. He has 13 deep targets on the year. So I like getting to Devontae Smith as well at his price. Uh, And then the guy that I want to talk about that I think is also really in play is Donovan Peoples-Jones. We've seen him in three straight weeks really have uh, put up some really nice nice weeks with him. And he's only, I think, 4,800. He scored 12. 26.1 26.1 and 16.6 over the last three games. He's averaged five receptions, 85.6 receiving yards, and a touchdown per game over those three games. And he he's going to see uh, his fair amount of J.C. Jackson, who is very much like Marcus Peters in the sense of he's a ball-hawking corner, right? Because on the year, he's allowed 31 receptions for 451 yards, which is not good. But he has five interceptions, and he's only he's only allowing like a it's like a sixty point one passer rating or something like that. So he's very much uh, much of a ball hawk type of type of guy. He's got to go out. He's got to try to get picked, kind of like Trevon Diggs. But he can be beat, right? Because because he, he's a gambler, he's got to make those mistakes. But he's also going to see Jalen Mills, who has been terrible, who's allowed twenty four receptions for three hundred yards, four touchdowns, at one hundred sixteen point seven passer rating. So I do like Donovan Peoples Jones especially if they don't have Nick Chubb, because I think they can be forced to throw the ball a little bit more. So at Donovan Peoples-Jones price tag, I do like him as well. Obviously, Odell Beckham is gone, and so it's him and Jarvis Landry. I could see the the Patriots try to take away Jarvis Landry, and I think that could be big things for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who has a pretty immense upside. We've already seen it once this year with uh, his 29.1 that he had um, a few weeks ago. Yeah. 
I, I, I think I'm definitely on board with those. And, and even the Tennessee call, uh, that's one of the ones I think I like as well uh, with Julio. Um, I mean, Tennessee is going to have to throw the ball more. They're not gonna, just going to run Adrian Peterson into the line over and over and over again. Not going to be able to do that and have success. So, I mean, the volume I would anticipate is going to go up uh, that we didn't we didn't see. Uh, the volume go up last week because they somehow played with the lead. I know there was a defensive, you know, defensive, a lot of good defense played by Tennessee um, against the Rams. But um, at some point, Tannehill is going to have to start throwing the ball more. And and we've seen teams shy away from from targeting Lattimore, um, especially with Mike Evans, uh, you know, recently uh, when Tampa Bay played them, you know, they, they targeted everybody else and didn't really go with Evans uh, against Lattimore. So, uh, yeah, if, if A.J. Brown's going to be on him, then, then definitely think Julio gets a, 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 a bump to volume this week. Yeah, so really quickly, uh, we just got a super chat from Derek. Uh, still got to definitely answer his question. Anybody drop a super chat, we're going to answer it. Uh, this is not DFS, but that's fine. That's perfectly okay. Just got offered Woods for Hopkins, full PPR. Do I take it? Uh, I would keep Hopkins, especially with OBJ signing with the Rams. I think things just get muddied. Outside of Cooper Cup, I think things stay muddied. Yeah, there, I, I would agree. Uh, I think this uh, does not help Robert Woods. Uh, Robert Woods has been okay this year. He has not been um, because Cooper Cup has just went full nuclear this year. So, yes, I would not. I, I, I would keep uh, DeAndre Hopkins here. Because, one, I think you're selling too low on DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. anyway. So Yeah, he, I mean, he just missed the game with an injury. Um, somebody's trying to capitalize on, on that, like trying to – you know, take advantage of somebody that ha- is frustrated that Hopkins is not playing. Um, but yeah, I would definitely keep Hopkins. Yeah. So anyways, appreciate that, Derek, as always really appreciate uh, any super chat or any support we get. So I do, I do appreciate that. So back to the wide receivers really quickly. And then we can move over to tight end. Uh, Michael Gallup. Do you have any interest in Michael Gallup at only 4k? It sounds like he's on pace to return this week. Uh, if we like this game a lot, I think, you know, paying down to Michael Gallup at 4K, which we haven't seen in a long time, who is going to be back this week. Do you have interest in him? His role is unknown uh, going into this game, but I will say there are, are a couple things playing in his favor here. Um, we've seen Dallas, you know, involve both tight ends, but Blake Jarwin is on IR. Uh, so that leaves us with just Schultz. Uh, which I would expect a a continuous 11 personnel. And Cedric Wilson is also nursing an injury, and he's in non-contact jerseys in practice. So if Cedric Wilson were to miss this game, it kind of forces Gallup to play more snaps than maybe they want him to play in his first game back. Um, But, I mean, 4K, I mean, when you play Michael Gallup, you're playing him under the – anticipation that he's only going to get a handful of targets anyways, right? That he's going to take, take turn five targets into, you know, four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown, uh, which gets you to 18, 18 DraftKings points of 4K. And, I mean, that's something you can live with. So, I mean, you're playing him for a very high-efficiency, low-volume role as it is. So, absolutely. Uh, and, and if there is, you know, a way that this game shoots out and, and you're stacking this game up and, and there is no Cedric Wilson, there is no – Blake Jarwin uh, for Dallas, uh, then then I think it just forces Gallup to play more snaps than maybe Dallas wants him to. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I'm going to have some interest in Michael Gallup at only 4K. Other than that, I think Deontay Harris is an interesting option because DK is a PPR site. Uh, they seem to be targeting him a lot on the underneath routes, and so he's only 4K. So I think he would be somewhere that you could go to. I don't think he has an incredibly high ceiling, but at only 4K, if he can get you like 12 to 15 DK points, it's not the end of the world. It's not great either. Uh, I don't know if that's you know tournament-winning upside, but um, I do think that uh, he is an interesting option. And we already talked about, obviously, Tyler Johnson is 100% of play, especially if Chris Godwin's out and Antonio Brown's out, I mean, he's going to see an incredible amount of uh, a, a huge bump here in that offense. I, and I have interest in him even if Chris Godwin plays. And so I think he's definitely in play. I think that I already mentioned James Washington. He's only 3,500. He could be the number two wide receiver in this offense. And then uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, shout out Ryan. You know, that's like Ryan's boy. It's a spirit animal. Uh, he just absolutely loves Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Anytime you can play him, he's going to play him. But I do think he makes for an interesting option uh, in this game, this Green Bay-Seattle game that uh, we have some interest in. As even, if, even if it's just a one-off, you know, getting exposure to this game uh, at 3,500, I, I think he's that's just too cheap for what his upside brings. And a matchup that I'm not really all that concerned about with the Seattle pa- or pass defense here. So I do like that. Other than that, do you have any other um, anybody else you want to talk about? No, I'm good on my end of wide receiver. All right, so let's jump over to tight end. Um, we don't have Travis Kelsey. We don't have Darren Waller because they play each other on Sunday night football. So we don't have those two on the slate. Um, we also do not have George Kittle because they play Monday night uh, against the Rams. And so now we have Kyle Pitts at 5,800, TJ Hawkinson at 5,500, Dalton Schultz at 5K, Dallas Goddard at 4,700, Zachers at 4,600, Dawson Knox, uh, who's uh, supposed to be back this week at 4,500, uh, Noah Fant at 4,300, Hunter Henry at 4,100. And like I said, Logan Thomas could possibly be returning this week at 4K. And you have Pat Fryer Muth at 3,900. So tell me why I shouldn't just lock in 100% Pat Fryer Muth. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be the person that argues against that. Absolutely not. I mean, 3,900 against Detroit with possibly no Chase Claypool. I mean, that's just one more red zone uh, option that gets taken away from Big Ben. Uh, and we know that, you know, James Washington, you know, while so Claypool missed week four and Washington, you know, stepped in and had his highest total of the year target total. And he had five. But I mean, Washington's always been more of the deep threat, not really a red zone, red zone option for them. So we know Big Ben has already taken a liking to Firemuth down and close by the by the goal line. So, I mean, if you remove Claypool from that equation. Uh, it's pretty much Deontay, Najee, and and Fryermuth, and and Fryermuth only being thirty nine hundred uh, against Detroit. You have to have heavy interest in that. Um, so, re- I mean, really, it's it's a three man show for me at tight end this week. I, I like Fryermuth a, a ton, and and will probably end up with the most exposure to him. Uh, and then Noah Fant, the worst matchup or the be- the best matchup, the worst defense against tight ends against Philly, uh, and then Kyle Pitts against Dallas is the obvious one. Uh, a little bit more expensive, but. Uh, those are the three guys that I like. But, yeah, Fryermuth, I mean, I'm not going to argue argue against uh, just lock-buttoning him. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just an incredible play. Uh, you know, coming off uh, his best game of the year last week, uh, five for 43 and two touchdowns on only six targets. And I think that number could go up. So I definitely like him. You know, um, not talking about the obvious guys, because I, I think that, um, you know, T.J. Hawkinson, you know, D- Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, all those guys are kind of in play. Um, but Dan Arnold, Hey, uh, you keep giving me opportunities to talk about Dan, the man, and I'm going to keep talking about him. 
because uh, once again, another seven targets last week, four for four for sixty. You know, he hasn't found the end zone yet. Let Dan find the end zone, and uh, you know, fuck around and find out what Dan Arnold can do if he if he can find the end zone. Because three of the last four three of the last four weeks, he has double digit DK points, and he's only thirty four hundred. And so I'm always going to have interest in Dan Arnold. You know, the show favorite, the 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 goat, Dan Arnold at only thirty five hundred this week. So I like I like him, especially in a matchup against Indy. Indy's pass defense is where you really want to target them is through the air because they are much they, they are a pass funnel. And so I do like getting um, some Dan Arnold at thirty five hundred. I think a kind of a, a sneaky play this week could end up being OJ Howard because if they're going to miss Chris Godwin and they're not going to have Antonio Brown and Gronk misses. Like, yeah. who the hell are they going to throw the ball to besides Mike Evans? Yeah, I know Tyler Johnson, but I think O.J. Howard, we could see because we saw from him, uh, he had that week six game against Philly where he had six receptions, 49 yards, and a score. He's only 2,700. You're not wrong. And I think he could be somebody that they utilize a lot more in this in this game against Washington. And so I, I like O.J. Howard. Now, again, now if Chris Godwin plays and Gronk somehow plays, then okay, then I'm probably – you know, not as enticed to play him. But if we don't have Chris Godwin and we don't have uh, Rob Gronkowski, like they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody here. And so I like OJ Howard at only 2,700. Once again, you are not wrong. I I like that call. I'm on board. So, but other than that, like, yeah, that's, 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 that's it. That's the list. (laughs) You know, I'm not really messing around with anything else here, but you know, Tyler Conklin, I guess I could bring him up too. He's 3,400. He's gotten more involved in the offense as well. Uh, seven targets in each of the last two weeks as well for Tyler Conklin. So he also does not have, just not found the end zone. If he could find the end zone, it could be wheels up for him too. So uh, he is he is in play too. But for me, I think it's either you play Kyle Pitts or you just pay down. And you drop down in the slower range in the 3K range and save money. That's kind of where I come in. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I tend to agree. All right. Well, then let's just jump over to defense. So let's just do what we always do, and let's just go right down to the bottom. Yep. So last week, we were all over the Chiefs, right? And that paid off. Chiefs defense, I think, scored 12, 14 DK points. They were 2,300. The other defense that I got on was the Browns, and I played a ton of the Browns last week because I was looking at uh, a couple of different things in that Cincinnati matchup where the Browns were – top four in, in adjusted sack rate and the Bengals were top five in adjusted sack rate allowed. And so I just, I just, you know what the, the, the Browns were, I think 2,400 and I played a ton of them. So it really worked out. I, this is what I do every week. I do not pay up for defenses ever. I don't even look in the three K range, the four K I'm damn sure never going to play four, five K for a fucking defense. You can get all the way the fuck out of here with that. That's not going to happen. So I'm always going to pay down. So who are we going with this week? Uh, there's one clear cut, um, and that's Carolina at 2,400 against Arizona. They are number one in adjusted sack rate, and I'm going to assume that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are once again going to sit this game out, uh, considering neither of them have practiced, and it was pretty much a really long shot that either of them was going to play last week. So it, it just doesn't look good that they're going to play, and you know, even if they do play, I, I'm going to assume that they're playing at less than 100%, and um, Carolina's gotten a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks in Arizona. You know, they, they, 
like to throw the ball a lot. So um, I, I think Carolina 2,400, whether Kyler plays or not, is going to be the, the, the defense that I gravitate towards. All right. So you want to go ahead and move this on? <laughs> I can, I will say, I can also make a case for Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, this, you know, I mean, that offense hasn't looked good this year and big Ben is completely immobile. Um, so with, especially if Claypool were to be out like we, while yes, we do like the offensive pieces, uh, you know, we like Fryermuth, you know, Najee Harris is obviously in play and Deontay Johnson. I mean, again, though, that, that offense, you know, it just might not be as good as it typically is. Uh, and, and Detroit could be interesting from that standpoint. And we've seen Big Ben, you know, make a ton of mistakes this year. Uh, and it's just, like I said, if he gets any sort of pressure, he's not getting out of it because he can't move more than two feet uh, without falling down and tripping over his own two feet. So um, I think Detroit would be my other punt all the way at the bottom. Yeah, I don't mind that either. Um, you know, the, that game on Monday night where, what was it, third and one, I think. It was like 30-some seconds left in the game to, you know, they pick up the first down. They can pretty much ice the game from there, and they don't have to worry about it. And you see Big Ben uh, try to uh, jump into a time capsule and run to the outside and pick <laughs> up the first down. And that was, like, my dad out there trying to run on it. That's what it looked like. And he just got completely blown up. Had no chance. I'm like – you have Najee fucking Harris. And yeah, you decide, and we're, and we're calling a QBQ. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. And we're going to run. We're going to do an outside zone and, and, oh, and, and see man. how this plays out for me. Uh, it, it, was, it was embarrassing. Yeah, that's bad. Doing? That's bad. Yeah. I mean, he, he is a complete statue back there. So, no, I, I do not mind uh, getting to the Lions. So, um, other than that, you know, I don't really – there's nobody else that really like ultimately stands out to me. I just think that isn't like in a great spot. Like I don't mind the Vikings, they're top five and adjusted sack rate as well. Um, but I don't really want to, I don't really want to mess with that. Cody, he said, it's nice to hear a little Steelers hate that isn't coming from him. <laughs> I know, but Cody, listen, you had to see that play. And it, it, this is what makes it even worse that I was so frustrated about was because and my and I know we don't people don't give a shit about you know our fans teams, but I'm gonna tell you anyways because it's our show. Um, I was actually so I was in my home league. I had Deontay Johnson. Um, I actually had to play Allen Robinson, and then I also had the Steelers D right, and so all and I was down by 27. And so I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to happen. I felt good about it, but as the game went on, I didn't feel great about it. But then all of a sudden, Deontay started getting going. Allen Robinson, they hit Allen Robinson on the big play. And so I take a like a one-point lead over uh, the guy I'm playing. But it's right at that end of the game. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I was like, I, this is what's going to happen. They're going to kick this field goal. The, the Bears are going to have just enough time to make it, right? And so, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to lose because they're going to they're going to hit some the cheap plays down the field, and you know my points are going to drop because of yards. And so I'm sitting, I'm like, oh my god. So on that third and one play, when I see fucking Big Ben run, I was like, God damn it! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so sure enough, that's what happened. Kick a field goal. They the Bears hit three or four plays. Boom! I drop down. I lose by two points. So fuck Big Ben. yeah that's pain yeah so anyways other than that i think we should just go ahead and build this team let's do it so starting off this week 
where are we starting at? Oh, man, this is tough. This is definitely not a single entry week. Uh, you're you're going to want to have exposure to a couple of these games from, from a stacking standpoint. But um, I'm going to take the build in an interesting way, and I'm going to let you pick QB. I'm going to go with CMC. You know what? We're just going to get a little wild here. I'm going to lock in uh, Jonathan Taylor. All right, and I will plug in Tyler Johnson. This is going to get really weird really fast. Just the way I like it. I don't know who the fuck to go with a quarterback here with the way we started this. Let's go Tom Brady. Okay. Um, then let's also play Mike Evans. Let's do this. We can figure out where we're going to go. And let's lock in the Panthers at 2,400. All right. So that leaves uh, 4,433 remaining with a wide receiver tied in and flex left. Do we just lock in Pat Fryermuth? Not necessarily. Because I think, okay, so let's try Fryermuth here. But if we can't get to something we want, then I'm okay with triple sacking Brady with OJ Howard. So try a fryer mute that leaves 4,700 for wide receiver and flex. And if you want to assume Chubb is out, then we can just plug in the earnest for 4,700 as well, which would leave you 4,700 with wide receiver, which is a very interesting range. Only a hundred away from. Uh, well, that's an easy fix. You just play the lions at defense. Well, let me see what else if there's anybody else here that I feel comfortable with. The forty five hundred range is pretty gross. I mean, I guess Gallup would be the next guy. That's kind of what I was with. looking at. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's lock in Michael Gallup. At least. Well, and do we want to do anything else? Do we want to tinker anything, change anything? We saw well, that's seven hundred, or we can just leave it, which this is gonna be a very different build anyway. Do you like I'm assuming Chubb's out. Who do you like more, uh, Gibson or Dearness? Because you can get playing the Lions D, you can get up to Gibson over Dearness. Uh, you can also play Julio with Panthers D. I guess if you're playing Dearness at flex, you kind of have to think about it from a raw points perspective, right? Like, does he get you the 25 you need or does he end up with like 15 at high ownership? And I mean, I think that since we have a build where we have two running backs that we like a lot and we're using our value at wide receiver and tight end defense, that we don't need to play Dearness and that we just get leveraged by fading him and play Julio here. Yeah, I like that a lot. Either going Julio or, I mean, there's, I think even uh, Jerry Judy would be. Uh, yeah, I'm good with either of those. You can you can pick whichever one you want. And we can keep Panthers D. It'll zero it out. All right, let's lock in Julio. So the team is Tom Brady, McCaffrey, Taylor, Tyler Johnson, Mike Evans, Michael Gallup, Fryermuth, Julio, and Panthers D with zero remaining. I am locking that in right now. So, I think this week is going to be an interesting week. I think there's, uh, we're going to have some value, some serious value at running backs. The people that are, uh, people are going to call 
free squares, which is the one term I just absolutely hate. But anyways, uh, um, but I think overall this week, I think there's a lot of different ways you could go. And um, I think this week is going to be pretty interesting. So uh, that being said, I appreciate everybody checking out the show. I appreciate everybody sticking around. Um, you can follow Maddie at Maddie DFS on Twitter. You can follow me at fantasy rat 13. Appreciate everybody rocking with us in the chat and, you know, until next week uh, or before I go, hold on. Be sure to be sure to jump into our discord. It's absolutely free. You can find it in the discord uh, or in the description of any one of our videos uh, uh, over on YouTube, go to the fantasy or go to the fantasy authority on YouTube and you can find uh, just click one of our videos, click the description and you can jump into our discord. It's absolutely free. Um, and so I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, it's a, it, the, the, I will say this. The Discord is always popping all day, all night, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. There's still people in there talking. So, and it's absolutely free. You know, I'm not asking for anything. So, I hope to see some people over there. If not, but like I said, I hope everybody has a good weekend. I hope everybody wins some money this weekend. And until next week, we will see you all next week for our week 11. One week closer to Thanksgiving build where we'll get Ryan Williams back on the show and maybe some other people as well. But until then, have a great weekend. Let's win some money. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. Big man, <laughs> treat you like you're a little man. Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Just stop wanting me to be someone else Put me like a book on a shelf